Hello, and welcome to another episode of Ship Talking Pod. I'm your host, Brandon, and I am beyond excited to announce that joining me this week is Alex, our brand new co-host that will be sharing the co-host slot with Robbie, who is due to return very soon. Alex, welcome to the show. Hi, I'm super happy to be here. It is so great to have you on the team. And, you know, since this is your first episode, do you want to give our listeners a little insight into the amazing human that you are? Or maybe should I say Romulan? Uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure. Can't can't really give you that much information on that. But hi, my name is Alex. I'm a graduate student in the United States. I love starships. I'm an avid player of Star Trek Online. I've been playing for, it will be seven years this May. Wow, I can't right. believe that. I'm just happy to be here to talk ship. <laughs> uh, definitely. Lots of ship to talk about. Now, I mentioned the Romulan aspect because I know you're a huge fan of Romulans and their culture and their ships. Where did that come from? Um, Honestly... I think it came from Star Trek Online. Um, oh, cool. I, my first character was naturally a Federation character, but mm-hmm. when I hit the level cap at the time was 50, I saw that you could make a Romulan character, and I went through that, did the tutorial, all the early missions, and then at the same time, I was watching Next Gen, and I made it to oh, cool. Unification Parts 1 and 2, mm-hmm. and the rest is history. I've yeah. been obsessed ever since. I read all the Diane Duane novels, uh, the Rihansu series, so... Oh, yes. You know, I'm a huge fan. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I know some of our listeners may know you um, or at least know your art. So Alex goes by Ruin Fane on Twitter, and you might have seen her amazing ship photography that's done in Star Trek Online. It's just absolutely brilliant. I do love every time it pops up into my feed. Well, thank you so much. So for this week's episode, we're joined by the incomparable ship concept artist Hector Ortiz and ship artist and digital modeler Ian Richards from Cryptic Studios. What's really cool, Alex, about this being your first episode is, of course, they work on Star Trek Online. But I also believe, did Ian work on one of your favorite ships? I believe he worked on some Romulan ships. Uh, Yeah. I believe the Tavaro, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yes. Oh, you're 100% right. Yeah, they are both great lads. And what's really cool is they work together. So Hector is a concept artist. Ian actually then creates the ships. And we're going to hear all about the journey they take to go from concept to a ship that you know, you can take photographs of or even command in the game. After listening to him on some past Star Trek online streams, I've come to regard Hector as being the Bob Ross of Starships (laughs) based on his artistic skill paired with his very joyful Starship commentary. Yeah, I can't wait to talk with him because he does have that Bob Ross quality. I never put the two and two together. That is, I think actually that's an amazing compliment. So that's awesome. Happy little nacelles. Yeah. All right, so before we join our two guests, we'll review your answers to this week's community queue and ask a brand new one. And then after our chat with Hector and Ian, we'll review your submissions for this week's All Hands on Deck Drill. And finally, before we end the show, we'll announce the next guest who will join us next week. There is a lot of fun ship talking ahead. As per usual, we're glad you're all here for it. So let's get things going and warp into this week's community queue segment.
For this week's Community Q, we asked you all, which non-Federation species do you think has the best looking fleet of ships? This was really cool to see. And again, we do try and focus on non-Federation where we can, although we know everyone is really in tuned into what Starfleet is up to. But in terms of responses, and we got a lot of them, Alex, you are going to love this, but the number one submitted alien species that came up for best looking fleet of ships was the Romulans. You all are doing my heart good. I'm so happy. <laughs> Happy. I believe I responded as well with the Romulans. Not that I'm biased. Hey, you know what? It's okay to be biased, Alex. That's completely fine. They have absolutely <laughs> stunning ships. You've got the Dideridex. You've got the original ships from TOS, the Warbird. Um, you've got what we saw. Oh, the Valdor, right? Yeah. There's so many beautiful designs. It's no surprise that that's up there. But at that point, would you want to refer to it as a flock of ships? <laughs> oh, because the warbirds? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, I, hey, you know what? You know, that's perfect because the second response was Klingons. And we also know they've got a lot of warbirds. So they've got flocks that can maybe fly and migrate together with the Romulans. But yeah, Klingons came in second. And then also most submitted included Andorian, Vulcans, the Zindi, and Dominion ships. Nice. I know the Dominion ships are pretty beautiful, especially the most recent ones in Star Trek Online. Yeah, they have got some really cool things. I think probably everyone is most familiar with the Jem'Hadar bug ship, right? right. The, uh, that we've seen in DS9. But there are some incredible other designs out there. We got to see a few different designs up on screen, but they've just been taken further inside the game and uh, with what fans have even created in terms of those designs. Absolutely. And I wasn't surprised to see uh, the Vulcans. I have always been a fan of their designs especially of course the ring warp nacelle ship um i forget the exact class name um, oh, the Dakir? yes the Dakir. that's it i um, always been a fan and of course i do love a bit of firepower which you get from those andorian escorts the kamari oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> all right so for the next community queue we want to know what your favorite ship that's privately owned is so for this one think about ships that don't belong to a specific species or maybe aren't part of a fleet. For instance, some examples include like Neelix's ship that we saw in Voyager. In the most recent season of Discovery, we saw Booker's ship, which, you know, had those cool mechanics. We saw the La Serena in Picard. Think about all those ships that we saw throughout all the series of the franchise and let us know which one is your favorite. You can send us your answers via email, the submission form on our website, or via Twitter. Yes, please do send them in, but I think it is now time, Alex, that we go meet Ian and Hector for our chance to talk shit with them this week. All right, let's go. Let's go. I got hired on as an environment artist to make cryptic, but I made one environment, I made one mission, the designer, and then I jumped on ships full time. Mm -hmm. And I had to ask him like, hey, can we get a new job title here? Could it be called ship artist? Like that would be cool. <laughs> and you know, much to my my delight, they agreed, and you know, now I got to put that on my resume. Wow, you are living the dream. Yeah, it's not bad. But like, I've always been a fan of ships. And when Star Trek was came out in open beta, I was stoked. I was like, oh yeah, this is cool. And mm-hmm. went to the ship tailor and started you know, modifying my ship. I was I was sold. I was like, yes, this is what's up. Space Barbie. Yes, 
space for me. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was super inspiring, like the ship customization and stuff. Right. And I actually made a portfolio piece before I was finished with school. And that was kind of inspired by that. I used StarCraft mm-hmm. 2 to, to make a little mini game thing where players can customize ships and swap out engine parts and wing parts, things like oh, that. Oh, cool. Wow. And I finished school and got a job in Texas doing some art, you know, this little contract job. And then a buddy of mine that worked at Cryptic at the time said, hey, you want to come make spaceships? Yeah. <laughs> God, can you imagine getting asked that question? <laughs> that is incredible. That was it. That was the actual <laughs> message. I got, hey, do you want to come make spaceships? Yeah. Wow. I was like, yeah, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Living the dream. So yeah, but it takes a passion for sure. You know, I, I recognize that. Yeah, and it's, it's important that anyone can do it. You know, I didn't know anything as a kid. I saw a character in Quake 2 and I didn't like the color of his armor. You're like, I'm going to change that and look where it's led you. <laughs> it's blue. I want it to be green. Simple as that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that was the start of my journey. You know. Yeah. Well, it's all about the journey, right? And yes. both of you work together at Cryptic to create these ships. And they do go on a journey of sorts. It starts with Hector and I know it then goes over to the ship artists. And I think for our listeners that don't understand how ships maybe come to life, that might be good. So... That'd be good to hear, you know, the, how you've worked together and how you riff off each other and, you know, how we go from this just idea to this fully fleshed model that not only you can command yourself, but you can take photographs with Alex. You do amazing ship art Thank and you. ship photography. <laughs> but yeah, it must be an interesting journey. Many times the ideas come from many people. Right. right. My job is making sure that those ideas work together well in a picture for somebody else to design, to, to construct. Yeah. Often we'll like, design or we'll have a story need for a ship, right? Like, oh, we yeah. have a big bad enemy, right? Um, like in the show Discovery, when they go to the 32nd century you know obviously they're going to want to show us new ships right Mm -hmm. to help identify a new species or a new you know faction or whatever so there's the need right there right and that's that's the core where it starts and then it's like oh well in this episode of the game or whatever we want this ship to be a big punk and dreadnought that's super intimidating you know and that that already narrows down what we're going to aim for right we're not going to make like a little shuttle or a runabout or something you know we're going to start off with something this big something this huge right so and we go from there and then we hand it over to hector and say all right it's a klingon ship it's going to be a big ship it's got to be different from these ones you know so it starts out loose like that Mm. and then we kind of let hector go kind of wild with sketching especially if it's a brand new ship and just play with shapes until we find something we 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 examine what makes a klingon ship a klingon ship for example right Mm -hmm. we pick and choose elements and 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 then hector goes and often we what he comes up with inspires us further right like if we we wanted to have a cool weapon hector was hector's like i i I put a big glowy dot in the middle right Yeah, like, ooh, cannon? <laughs> I don't know. You know. We'll see. You know, we're making a giant cannon. But how about if it moves? Hey, do we have budget for making it move? You know, right. mm-hmm. animation. Do you guys have time to make this shiny part also rotate, spin, or release something effects? Can we do it? Yes, mm-hmm. let's do it. Or no, we, no, we can't. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. Because <laughs> there's lots of discussions along the way, right? Yeah. And so often we get inspired. I think yep. when we were doing the Gem Hadar stuff, Hector, you made a pistol concept. Uh huh. You accidentally mirrored. <laughs> It, and it looked like a cool ship, right? Yeah. yeah, I know. That happens a lot, the happy accidents. Many times it's all about being sure that you can actually have the happy accident every now and mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if I was I always joke that no matter what, no matter what, if you flip it and you put it this way, you can make a spaceship. Oh, no matter right. what. Take yeah, a picture yeah, yeah. and flip it and put it like this. <laughs> and then you put the things in between. So that that's how we want. Yeah. I think that's a new hashtag. If you think it can be a spaceship, Flip it yeah. and it becomes a spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, it really helps at least to break that 
white paper here from the beginning. It mm. really helps mm. doing shapes, interesting yeah. things, flip, organized cut, place, flip, and then suddenly you're gonna, oh, I got an idea. Let me start now the real thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Otherwise you, you risk repeating yourself all the time. And that's yeah. a problem, repeating yourself all the time. I think we probably designed like 40, 50 ships for each ship we actually make. Mm. <laughs> I don't know how many ships we've done. I, I have the list right here. I'm like, Damn. Yeah, we, we go through so many little <laughs> concepts, right? That we just don't, we just don't choose for one reason or another. Way too many. We just don't, we don't feel it, <laughs> yeah. you know? And that's where like Hector comes in as like the expert that he is, you know, he can provide us with options with much more fidelity than anyone could ever describe with words. Well, I have a sheet right here for the Alliance, the, the new one. And this one has already 48 thumbnails. Wow. wow. And this is not the only sheet that I have. I had another one and another one. At this point, it's like 70 thumbnails. Yeah. Wow. To get to that conclusion. Many times you, you go around and you realize, you know what the original concept was. But we, now we know for sure because we try something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Often if we're, if we're doing, you know, the task requires a kit bash or something, right? Like, oh, we're making a slightly modified version of a, a ship we already have. We may skip Hector altogether and just hand it, hand it to a three ship artist and be like, all right, just start tacking parts on, you know, add glowy <laughs> things, right? Oh, interesting. Because um, that just doesn't require a concept. We're not going to get a lot of value out of it. You know, we yeah. could set Hector loose on a ship like that. You know, and give them a couple of days to come come up with something, but it's going to go through the same longer long process as a ship from scratch, right? And we'd rather make something really cool, <laughs> give Hector the opportunity to make something really awesome, yeah. than, yeah. than not, right? Yeah, sometimes you don't need me for stuff like that. We have so many parts of so many ships that we can actually work with and mod and, and reskin and reposition. Mm-hmm. Usually, the the part you have to be careful with is how you integrate the shapes. You cannot allow stuff to clip. You have to pretty much hide the seams. Mm. Takes a lot of discussion to kind of bridge that gap it takes a long time and it takes a lot of work you know we, we gotta let concepts marinate for a time as well after they're mostly done you know yeah and imagine that continues on as you're actually then ian building out the ships right you see a concept yeah. and you're like well this looks really cool but how do we make this work with you know polygon count how do we make this work inside the engine itself the game <laughs> and um yeah so i imagine there's some back and forth that would go between you as you work to iterate on it yes yeah. yes many times it's all about effects and animations i usually the parts where I have to negotiate the most because right. I can make a ship. I'm, I'm suddenly like, okay, this ship is going to work, but only if this little thing happens and it mm. gets animated. Otherwise, it's not going to look good. It's yeah, not going right. to work. So I had to redesign this thing. Can we animate it? No. Okay. I had to go with plan B. Absolutely. Yeah. We see that a lot. We, we wanted to do that with the uh, Alliance Bird of Prey. We wanted to have yeah. a lot more things going on with it <laughs> because we got the go ahead to do some animation with it. That kind of allowed Hector to come up with the wing design that was like split a little bit, mm. got to move around you know but if the, yeah. but if we didn't have animation time that design would have implied oh it can move but then if it didn't move in game because you didn't have time to do it or the schedule whatever like that ship would have felt awkward that's exactly and the problem is that that ship has that romulan touch only when the animation is engaged mm-hmm. which right. is when it, it raises the the wings right. up and you look it from the back and you're gonna be like, okay this looks now like a tivaro or something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. so if, if, if it's not possible that effect it was what's gonna be gone completely yep. that's why we got to go ahead to do the animation so we, it, it had a very a more klingon look when mm-hmm. its wings are down and then when the wings wings come up and go out it has a little more romulan feel yeah it's subtle but it's yeah. there yeah kind of designing two ships at once <laughs> <laughs> it's not never never get easier no it, it's true it never does get easier like no. we we maybe get better at it over time but it's never easy right. ever never never easy hector never gives us one drawing and we're like that's the one let's do it <laughs> no and having tv series running on at the same time 
kind of mm. throwing all the design language for us doesn't help either. Yeah. Like you said, translating that visual language from these new ships that we see on screen, doing that both with Federation, Klingon, and Romulan ships that exist in the Star Trek Online universe already, or in the Star Trek universe in general, doing all of that together just adds more work, I'm sure, yeah. and makes it much more intricate and detailed process. Yeah. When we found out that they were going to the, the 32nd century Discovery, like we were a little excited and a little terrified. Mm. <laughs> you know, like we knew there were going to be a ton of ships. We got some some like screenshot concepty stuff right, before right. it came out, and we're like, oh, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> right? We saw like floating nacelles and stuff, and we're like, oh man, really? <laughs> hey, but that makes it easier, right? That's less polygons that you have to worry about. <laughs> no, but uh, is that, that, that... <laughs> in a way it makes it easier? It also doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> We'd done stuff like that before with the Iconians. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, I have that chip. Yeah. And like, it's cool, but <laughs> yeah. Concept wise, it, it has to work, at least for to me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If I'm going to make the nacelles flo floating, at least let's make it in a way that looks like it belongs mm. to, to, right. to the damn ship. Let's make it more, let's make the scene. Let's, let's, let's justify it better. Yeah. <laughs> well, that gives you great opportunity to do so, right? You, you, well, you had the opportunity, but uh, it, uh, anyway. Yeah, it, it's opportunity, <laughs> but it's also it's also pigeonholing at the same mm. time. Exactly, exactly. Right? Right. Like, if we design our own 32nd century ship, Hector's gonna have to make the nacelles and stuff float, or the, or the saucer float, like on the, the Janeway class, right? The saucer and hull are separate too. Right. Yeah. Like, and that's present on all of the 32nd century ships that we've seen. There's at least some part of it that's floating off the main structure. Yes. So because it's present on all of them, if we make a new one or, or even our own design, like we're we're stuck with making that the case on our new ship. Right. And another thing is that, and this is there's nothing I can do about this, but but I had an idea that in the future, if I had to design ships that were more in the future as in Discovery or, you know, mm -hmm. I had an idea of what direction I was going to take. And that direction is gone now. I cannot mm. go anywhere. Now I had to imitate. Now I cannot oh. innovate really, you know. And for example, I always imagine those ships from the future make them look like they're not made of metal. Oh, wow. Oh, interesting. Mm, right. Okay. Let's make them out of ceramic or, right. or, or, or translucent materials, wow. which is something yeah. I wanted to push in the 26th century ships. No totally. windows, because windows, you don't need the windows. You just look out to the walls right. and the walls, you can see out, but you cannot mm -hmm. see in. Yeah, One-way transparent aluminum, right? One way, one way. <laughs> Instead of having concrete windows, if you want to have something similar, let's make them fuzzy points. Mm -hmm. Like when you see, a, wow. when you're in, flying in an airplane and you see the, the lights underneath the windows mm -hmm. you see fuzzy fuzzy spots like that yeah yeah I, I wanted to have something like that i wanted the material to kind of ripple or have something do you remember the abyss yes right yes. remember the, the abyss ships something like that that where mm. the material actually looks like you're touching a, the skin of a shark or a dolphin something like Interesting. that so now i cannot do that because these people went with, with metal. Mm -hmm. And that's the little parts that I don't get when it comes to Federation ships. That's why Federation ships for me is, is, is difficult to design. Because yeah. many times you think about the technology involved and how it moves. And so many things that's just, at least to me, don't make, don't make sense. Some some nasals should be smaller. Uh, mm -hmm. This should be the other way. Um, mm -hmm. And and 
I had to ignore all that because it's what people see on screen and it's what they're expecting. Even right. though it makes yeah. no sense, at least to me. Right. And that, yeah, we do have to settle sometimes on just being like, well, this is what it looked like in the show, or this is what people like about it. This is what's recognizable about right. it. Remember when, when the Defiant first showed up on screen? Like, yes. Uh huh. It was confusing. Mm -hmm. I was like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this isn't what we've come to expect from Federation, right? But they set the narrative for it. Like, it's sure an experimental warship. They told us that as the audience before showing it to us. Yeah. Right. And then, so when we saw it, we were we went whoa rather than like uh who's in charge <laughs> <laughs> and now we're gonna have to have some kind of explanation in terms yeah. of the technology and ships we're seeing and i get yeah. it season three of discover was all about okay they're in the future what's going to happen now but now that we're moving into season four and they've wrapped up the previous arc i think we're going to need to know more and i definitely hope we get to see that of course because oh, yeah. you know i love all the ship aspects of it as, as well as the story Absolutely. but you know anytime the ship comes up on screen it's always my rewind button hitting a few times uh, so that I can I can gawk at it. I can't tell you how many times I've dug through the Discovery episodes. You know, the ships have a lot more detail than any of the other ships in previous Star Trek shows. Like there's a lot more going on and so much of it you don't really get a chance to like really digest in the actual storyline of the show. So you kinda of, kinda of do have this pause on the opening shot <laughs> after the commercial break or whatever and really get a chance to examine things. With Strange New Worlds coming out soon I imagine that because Star Trek Online does endeavor to bring everything into the game at some point, we'll be going back to that original series um, design language, and I'm sure maybe you all are looking forward to that. I mean, I am. I'm definitely looking forward to it, because when I saw what they did with the Constitution class in Discovery, I feel like they did it justice. They mm -hmm. made it feel modern. They made it feel new, which is always a nice thing to do. I can imagine people making the show are probably like, yeah, we don't want to just have it look exactly the same as it did then. We want to <laughs> kind of make it our own. But they did it justice. I hope that they give other ships that people are will recognize that same treatment. You know, would sure would love to see the Reliant with oh, that same yeah. treatment. Right? You know, and, and what they've done with the uniforms is cool, mm. interiors, yeah. <laughs> all that, right? Like I feel like I'm excited about Strange New Worlds because it was proven to us as fans of Star Trek in general, like that it can be done. Yeah. Well, Discovery is just one of the series that we're getting. Yeah. We've got Picard, we've got Prodigy, we've got Lower Decks back in TNG. So I think what's really exciting as Star Trek ship fans right now is we're going to get to see a lot of that. And what I'm really hoping, and Alex, I'm so glad you brought up Strange New Worlds because I really think we're going to start getting those ships of the week again. And I'm really hoping that we get that ship fix in terms of non-Federation looks from these shows that are going to be coming out this year. I mean, I always, as I, as I mentioned before, my money's in the alien stuff when it comes to Star Trek. Yeah. That's where the real power of the, of the franchise is. That's where you get to see the flavor of the universe because mm -hmm. Starfleet, it's, you can see a thousand years and nothing changed. Right. The aliens <laughs> give us that change. So if they give me new planets, new civilizations and new stuff like that i'm sold man it's true i hope that we get to see some alien species mm -hmm. that we'd seen before you know and for sto like that's that's just great news if we see new aliens awesome if we revisit old ones we've seen before even better right we have an opportunity to with ships to kind of present a culture right and i feel like in star trek even in, in you know when it comes to starfleet and you know humans and their ships they kind of they kind of push the idea that like oh like these ships are like the like humanity is like this is what we did this this is our thing you know we made the the voyager and it came back yeah <laughs> right and like it's presented you know it did it, it, people care about it in the same way that we may 
look at like a government building and go, ah, that's our beautiful building that represents our culture. Yeah. Um, you know, big alien ships are no exception. And that's just amazing to see that, you know, they do that. And uh, speaking of culture and that coming from ships, we know you both are working on a ton of different art and you've got modeling to get back to. But before we let you go, we've got five rapid fire questions for you. And we'd like to know right. the very first answer that comes to mind. Does that sound all right? Sure. All right. Let's see. All right. So Hector, you're up first. What is your favorite ship? I would go. That Tibara thing is, is, is so elegant. I love the lines of that thing. I, I like yeah. that answer. <laughs> yeah. All right. So what is your favorite series? Series? Oh, DS9. And your favorite captain? Cisco for one thing, Picard for other things. Picard is good. <laughs> Cisco gets things done. I like his attitude better. Like, no, everything is so black and white. No, everything is so easy. I had to make hard decisions. Cisco's the guy. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. And then if you were headed into Starfleet Academy and had to pick one of the three career tracks, command, science, or engineering, which would you go with? Oh, engineering. Nice. I think engineering is the way to go. Less drama. <laughs> Tell that to O'Brien. <laughs> and finally, which, in your opinion, had the better nacelle design? The original series Constitution class or the motion picture version of the Constitution? That's difficult. <laughs> the original one is too simple. Motion, I think the motion one, I guess. Okay. Cool. Very nice. All right, Ian, it's your turn. Uh, what's your favorite ship? Uh, I'm going to have to go with the uh, Jem'Hadar Vanguard carrier. I love it. Both of you picking non-Federation ships. This is great. And um, what is your favorite series? Uh, I like Voyager. Voyager? I'm a, I'm a fan of Voyager, yeah. And your favorite captain? Uh pike discovery era pike all right very nice yeah. i like him because he's he feels the most captainy and he dresses the, sh the sharpest so he's got great hair <laughs> he's sharp not a crease <laughs> and if you were headed into starfleet academy and had to pick one of the three tracks which one would you go with science and same question for you tos connie nacelles or tmp tmp no doubt. All right. Well, both of you, thanks so much for joining us. It was great having you. Uh, best of luck on all of your concept art and your digital modeling. In the meantime, while you get back, Alex and I are going to move into this week's All Hands on Deck segment. For this week's drill, we visited the shipyards and ran a scenario with all of you. We said, the Federation is considering retrofitting ships with ablative armor generators, and have tasked you with suggesting the two classes that should receive them. Which two do you put forward? And we gave bonus points for including why. I do love this all hands on deck drill. And for those of you who might not know, we rotate the all hands on deck drills every six episodes. So if you like the shipyards aspect, do keep an eye out. But in terms of this one specifically, no surprise here, at least from my side, maybe Alex, you might think differently, but the top submitted ship was the Sovereign class. Oh, that's actually not very surprising to me. I can see why people would want those ablative armors on the Sovereign. Yeah, I mean, it's got all that firepower right and just having that extra defense capability i think would just make it completely you know overpowered in a sense but you know that's yeah. that's what counts that's what the federation needs right? sometimes you want overpowered <laughs> exactly exactly defiant being the best example um speaking of defiant we're going to talk about it in a moment but the second most submitted ship was the akira wow that's not a surprise to me either yeah it's i know it's a fan favorite there's a lot of fans out there of the akira class it would be interesting now what's cool about the akira is it was known to be able to carry fighters right and 
and deploy them. So almost like a mini right. strike wing carrier of sorts. Wow. But I wonder how that would work with the Blade of Armor. Would there be still openings and would that maybe cause some exposure and some weak points? That's a good question. I don't think I know the answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, out there in the community, let us know what you think. Now, Alex, you mentioned the Defiant. The Defiant, Prometheus, and Steamrunner were actually the other most submitted. And I thought wow. that was actually kind of interesting because we knew that the Defiant and the Prometheus already had built in a blade of armor, but not necessarily uh-huh. the generators that we saw like in Endgame in Voyager. Right. Uh, Steamrunner, though, really surprised to see that ship submitted way above some of the other ships that we got. There were so many submissions for the Steamrunner. It was really cool to see that. Yeah, you don't see the Steamrunner very often. Yeah, I mean, we only got to see it on screen, I think, in First Contact, but it quickly became a fan favorite. And I know any chance I can share art of the Steamrunner. It's, it's a, it looks like one of those tough little ships. I know, you know, that's been said about the Defiant, but the Steamrunner looks like that as well. If you want to participate in the All Hands On Deck Drill, we announce them on Twitter towards the end of each week. So give us a follow there and keep an eye out. Well, we've come to the end of the episode, but before we go, I'm pleased to announce that the guest who will be joining us next week is James Jacob, also known as JJ Model Making. So James is an incredible model maker. He makes physical models that focus on Canon Trek ships. So I know we've had Bill Krauss on, who does incredible models of original designs. So it'd be really interesting to get James's take on how he takes these amazing ships we've seen on screen and creates them in physical form. Don't forget, our hailing frequencies are always open. Head to shiptalkingpod.com to transmit a message via the submission form. And while you're there, check out our merch. We have all kinds of merch available in our online store. Your support goes straight back to the pod's monthly production costs. Another way to support us and help us with those monthly costs, because we do this as a labor of love. We've all got jobs that we work at normally during the week or school that we're going to. So really, your support helps make the show happen, helps with our licensing fees, our software, our equipment. So we really appreciate it. Another way to support us other than our merch is to become a patron on our Patreon. You can go to patreon.com ship talking pod to check out all the tiers available and in exchange for your support we give you some really really cool rewards so check them out while you're there if you have any feedback you can send them to our email address hello at shiptalkingpod.com this is a great way to share your answers to our community cues as well as to provide any other feedback that you may have for us we reply to every email that we get we definitely do and another great way to get in touch with us is to give us a shout on twitter we're at ship talking pod you can communicate and engage with other fans of ships and talk ships with them you can get daily ship facts and sometimes we even post giveaways so if you are in the twitterverse give us a follow and the best way to support us is to tell your trekkie and trekker friends about the show they can find us by searching ship talking pod wherever they get their podcasts or just send them to our website for a direct link and i would like to give a big thank you to james our community manager for all his epic work as well as george our audio engineer for all the work he does to make alex and i sounds so great for each episode. And many, many thanks to our wonderful listeners, our lively community, and all our supporters on Patreon. We couldn't do this without you. We really could not. Thank you all so much for being part of this journey with us. We are looking forward to being back next week, so we will see you then. And in the meantime, stay safe and well. Cheers. Jolan True.
What do you call it when the Tal Shiar decide they want to meet at Chairman Caval's place to play some nice Minecraft together? Nobody? A Romulan party! 